going to be going back to Romans chapter number 5 this morning, going back to Romans chapter number 5, continuing to look at our Easter series that we've been preaching leading up to Easter Sunday uh, that we titled From Creation to Calvary. Uh, we looked a couple weeks ago at man's problem, that man has the problem of sin. Last week uh, we looked at God's plan to take care of man's problem and that was the plan of redemption. But in order for the plan of redemption to work, there needed to be a sacrifice. There needed to be a spotless lamb. And this morning we're going to continue this series from creation to Calvary, but this morning we're going to be looking at the person of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the sinless, perfect Lamb of God that was provided to take away the sin of the world. This is a Palm Sunday and this is the morning that we celebrate that Christ made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And why do we recognize Palm Sunday? What is significant about Palm Sunday? Well, as I said, this was the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And as he rode in, the Bible tells us that they throw their garments in the way. They threw palm branches in the way. They shouted, Hosanna. They welcomed him into Jerusalem. Here was their king. Here was their savior. Here was the one that was going to give them deliverance. But in just one week, they crucified him. Why? How could it be so that someone who was so happy to see him could so quickly turn coat and now want to crucify him? Well, you see, the problem was that as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, they were looking for a military leader. The Jews had a problem. They were oppressed by the Romans. The Romans had beat them down. The Romans had oppressed them. And they were looking for someone who would deliver them from the Romans. But Jesus did not come then or ever. He did not come to deliver them from their shallow surface physical problems. He came to deliver them from a much deeper problem, a root problem, and that is the problem of sin. And whenever they realized that Jesus was here to deliver them from their sin and from their condemnation, they were no longer interested because their focus was so shallow. They were only focused on what was affecting them right here and right now. And they turned and they crucified him. You know what? There are many people who decide that they want to know about Jesus. They have heard how that Jesus can heal all our diseases. They have heard how Jesus can give peace that passes all understanding. They have heard how that Jesus can give joy unspeakable and full of glory. And they say, I would like to get to know Him. And so they become interested in the things of God. They come visit a church. They listen to some preaching. They become interested. But then they find out that the way that Jesus gives joy, the way that Jesus Jesus gives peace. The way that Jesus heals their diseases is by delivering them from their sin. And because they're unwilling to turn loose of their sin, they decide that they no longer want anything to do with Him. What happened on Palm Sunday and the, and the Passion Week is the same thing that we see happening in the lives of people each and every day. But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus did come to take our sin 
away. He came to bring deliverance. And I want to say that everything that I've just said that he is able to accomplish, he is able to accomplish. And this morning we're going to be looking in the Word of God at the person, Jesus Christ. We're going to be looking this morning at who he is and what he came to do for mankind. Look in Romans chapter number 5. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to drop down and read verse number 11. The Bible says there in Romans chapter number 5 verse number 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. Here in these three verses, we see that through Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Look at verse number one. It said, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 2, we find out that we have hope in the glory of God. It said there in verse number 2, by whom also, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we, if you drop down to the end of the verse, it says rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. Through Jesus, we have hope in the glory of God. And then if you look at verse number 11, you see that through Jesus, we can find joy in God our Creator. It says in verse number 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning I want to take a few minutes and look at the person of Jesus Christ. I want to look at the man that took our place. I want to look at the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for the sin of mankind. And I must tell you this morning, there is no subject I enjoy preaching on more than preaching on my Savior. He is the one that took our sins away. He is the one that made it possible for someone like me who was unworthy to be able to stand in the presence of God. He is the one that made it possible and He is the one that we will be looking at this morning. Father, thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You. Lord, that back in the beginning of time, Lord, you put a plan in place to redeem mankind from the condemnation of their sin. And Father, you put it in place. But Lord, I thank you that not only did you put in place a plan for redemption, but Lord, you also provided a lamb, a Lord that would take our sins away. And now as we look into your word this morning, and Father, we try to represent who Jesus is and what he has came to do for us. I pray dear Lord that you will preach through me. I pray dear Lord that the message will be clear. I pray dear Lord that we will be able to see clearly how that without Christ there is no hope of eternity but with Christ oh Lord everything is so much better and Father I pray you will help us to proclaim your word this morning. Thank you dear Lord for those that have accepted you. Lord that will be baptizing in just a little bit. Lord thank you for those that 
that want to proclaim to the world, Father, that they have chosen to follow you. Father, I pray that you will use this message this morning. Lord, if there be those here this morning, uh, Lord, that have never accepted you as Savior, or Lord, perhaps there be some here this morning that are not sure, uh, Lord, if they are saved or if they're lost. Father, I pray that you will use this message this morning to speak to their hearts. uh, And Lord, that we might see some come to know you as Lord and Savior. And Father, we'll thank you for it. Bless now in the service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As we look at the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to begin this morning by looking at his introduction. His introduction. In other words, may I introduce you to who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And you see there on the slide, his introduction is the Son of God. Whenever we consider Jesus as the Son of God, uh, we want to see that the Bible tells us uh, that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. In Luke chapter number 1, we find that the angel told Mary uh, she would conceive, and in telling Mary that she would conceive, uh, the angel told Mary that that uh, which she would conceive uh, would be uh, the Son of God. In Luke 31, in verse number 31, the Bible says, the angel speaking to Mary, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. You drop down to verse number 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. As we are introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ coming to this earth and Mary is being told that she will be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that Mary is informed that this child that she will give birth to is none other than the Son of God. As I introduce you this morning to who Jesus is, let me tell you this morning He is more than just another human. He is the Son of God. He is holy. He is conceived through the the conception of God the Father implanting his seed in Mary that he might grow up as a man that he might be able to be the sacrifice for our sin. In Matthew chapter number 3 at the baptism of Jesus, John was baptizing the Lord Jesus Christ and when John brought him up out of the water we see that God spoke from heaven and declared that this was none other than his son. In Matthew 3 verse 16 and 17 and Jesus when he was baptized went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We find many instances throughout the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ where Jesus acknowledged the Almighty God as his Father. The youth... He went missing. Mary and Joseph couldn't find him. They go back and find him and he's teaching in the temple. And they say, what are you doing? Did you not know that we would be worried? And he said, no, you're not, that I must be about my father's business. In his teaching, he proclaimed to those that would listen to him, I and my father are one. In the garden, he prayed, Father, not my will, but thine be done. All throughout his life and ministry, we 
see that the Lord Jesus Christ is none other than the Son of God. Those who would claim that He was anything else than the Son of God do despite to the sacrifice that was made. And as we continue into the message, you will see why it is important that we recognize that He is the Son of God. He was more than a teacher. He was more than an influencer. He was the Son of God. The Son of God came to earth as a man to accomplish something that man needed but could not attain. And in coming to earth, he had a destination, he had a goal, he had a purpose that he came to accomplish. And that destination was the redemption of man. I want to look next, just a few minutes, at the destination of the person, Jesus Christ. And that destination, that goal, that purpose is the redemption of man. In 1 Peter chapter number 1 and in verse number 18, the Bible says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your Father, we weren't, we weren't redeemed by anything that we could do on our own. We weren't redeemed by something that we could purchase. We weren't redeemed by the tradition of our fathers. No, none of those things are capable of redeeming us. Knowing you're not redeemed by those things, so how are we redeemed? In verse number 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was for ordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you. Before the beginning of time it was determined that the Son of God would be the Redeemer of mankind. It was determined that God would become flesh that man might be delivered from the bondage of sin. This was a plan that was put in place. The message of the Bible is the role that Jesus would play in providing this redemption for mankind. In Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 15, we'll be looking at this on Wednesday nights in just a little bit. We see that man violated the law of God in chapter number 3 of the book of Genesis. And in verse number 15, we see that God gave a promise that there would be a Redeemer who would defeat Satan and the power of sin. From the very beginning of time, this plan, this destination was set in place in the story of Abraham offering up Isaac. You remember the story. Abraham took his only son Isaac and he went up on the mount and God said that Abraham was to sacrifice his son Isaac. Abraham in obedience to God, not understanding why this was what God required, not understanding why God has asked this of him, but in complete submission and obedience to do whatever it was that God wanted him to do, Abraham laid his son Isaac upon the altar to sacrifice Isaac unto the God of heaven. And as Abraham drew the knife and was about to take the life of his son, God stopped Abraham and God said, thank you for your submission and your obedience, but it's not necessary to sacrifice your son and the Lord directed Abraham to notice that there was a ram in the bushes and God told us in that story he gave us a picture that lets us know that God will provide a lamb. God will give the 
lamb that will take our place. He will be our substitute. He will die for our penalty. We continue through the word of God and we find that Moses is leading the children of Israel through the wilderness. The children of Israel begin to sin and dishonor God. They begin to complain. They begin to rebel and God sends fiery serpents in amongst the children of Israel and they begin to bite the children of Israel and the children of Israel begin to die and they begin to suffer from this sickness and this poison that's been put into their bodies from the serpents and they don't know what to do and Moses goes to the Lord and he said what shall I do and the Lord said make a fiery serpent out of brass and put it on a pole and lift it up and whoever looks at that fiery serpent they will be healed of the bite of the serpents and so Moses made the serpent and he carried it out and he lifted it up and he said whosoever looks on this serpent will be healed we know from John chapter number 3 when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus that by Moses doing that he was painting a picture that one day there would be someone who was lifted up who if we would look on him and believe on him we would be delivered from all of the power of sin we continue through the word of God and we find over and over and over again that the Bible tells us that a Redeemer is coming. Over and over, a Redeemer is coming. His destination was the redemption of man. We come into the New Testament and we find that the role of Jesus as man's Redeemer was promised to Joseph in Matthew chapter number 1. Joseph was concerned. His wife was expected, his wife to be was expecting a child. He didn't know what he should do about this situation. The angel came to Joseph at night in Matthew chapter number 1, verse 20, and it says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. But catch this last sentence. For he shall save his people from their sin. The role of Jesus as Redeemer was promised to Joseph, but the role of Jesus as Redeemer was proclaimed to the shepherds that night as well. The night of his birth, the angels appeared to the shepherds and said, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Not only was it promised to Joseph, not only was it proclaimed to the shepherds, but it's been preached to all mankind that Jesus is the Redeemer. In Acts 4 verse number 12, Peter is preaching and the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among heaven, whereby ye must be saved. Peter preached that the only way of salvation, the only means of deliverance, the only path to avoid the eternal punishment was through the Lord Jesus Christ. As we consider the Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize that He is the Son of God. But not only that, we recognize that His destination was to be the Redeemer of mankind. It is why He came. It's the reason that he came to earth to redeem lost mankind. That was his purpose, to provide man a way of salvation. The reason he came was to provide deliverance. 
from the condemnation of sin that you and I were born under. You see, because Adam and Eve sinned, all of mankind was condemned. And then as each of us began our individual lives, we also, just as Adam and Eve did, rebelled against God. And there is no hope outside of putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some say, how could God be so cruel as to send innocent human beings to hell? Well, let me tell you two things. First of all, no one is innocent. But second of all, he's not that cruel. And from the beginning of time, he provided a redeemer. From the beginning of time, he provided a way of salvation. And if someone ends up in hell, it's their own fault because God has made a way of salvation. So we see that Jesus came to be the redeemer of man. But we understand as we look through the word of God that redemption is not something that could be provided by just anyone. There are some qualifications, there are some requirements uh, that need to be met in order uh, to provide redemption. So next of all, I want to look at the qualification of the Lord Jesus Christ to provide our redemption as uh, the Lamb of God. Uh, we see a few things concerning His uh, qualification. In order to understand the conditions for providing redemption, we need to go back to the Old Testament and consider the prophetic requirement that was set in place in the Old Testament concerning sacrifice for sin. The law of Moses is filled with instructions concerning the sacrifices and offerings that are to be made for the sins of the people. And in regard to the blood sacrifice, there is much that we could look at in regards to this. But in regard to a blood sacrifice for the sin of man, the number one requirement is that the offering the animal that would be offered, be spotless. The number one requirement is that this animal, this lamb or this goat or this cow, whatever it is that's being offered, that it be spotless, that it be without blemish, that there be no flaw in it whatsoever. In Leviticus 1.3, the Bible says, if his offering, speaking of someone coming to make a sacrifice for sin, if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. Leviticus 1 verse number 10, and if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep or of the goats for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish. In Leviticus chapter number 22 verses 19 and 20, ye shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of the beeves, of the sheep or of the goats but whatsoever hath a blemish that shall ye not offer for it shall not be be acceptable for you. In Deuteronomy chapter number 17, verse number 1, Thou shalt not sacrifice unto the Lord thy God any bullock or sheep wherein is blemish or any ill-favoredness, for that is abomination unto the Lord thy God. And there are many, many more scriptures we could continue throughout the Old Testament Levitical law, and we could find that the scriptures stress over and over and over the importance of any animal whose blood was to be shed for the sin of man must be a 
spotless animal, not marred or spotted by any type of uncleanness or imperfection in order for this animal's blood to count as a temporary covering for your sin. The animal had to be, as far as we could tell, 100% perfect. That's the requirement if you're going to provide redemption. But whenever we consider the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that he has the perfect qualification. In Hebrews chapter number 7 and verse number 26, it says, For such a high priest became us, listen to this description, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Hebrews chapter number 9 verse 13 and 14 says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see, a lamb with a blemish could not be used as a sacrifice because the blemish made it incapable of covering the blemish of someone else. In other words, if I am bringing a, a lamb and I'm offering this lamb and the shedding of this lamb's blood is to cover my imperfection. It's going to temporarily cover my wrongdoing. And so I bring this lamb. It is necessary that there is no flaw in the lamb. Therefore, its blood will be untainted and that untainted blood can cover my flaw. But if I bring a lamb that has an imperfection or that is defiled or has a blemish, sacrificing that lamb cannot provide a temporary covering for me because that lamb's blood can only be shed for its own blemish. That's why an ordinary man can't die for the sin of someone else. Brother Lewis, I am unable to die for your sin because when my blood is shed, my blood is only sufficient to pay the penalty for my sin. I am not able to shed my blood to cover someone else's sin because my blood is tainted and it is required to cover my sin. So it's impossible for one man to die for another man. The only way that a man could cover the sins of mankind is if that man's life and his blood was perfect. That's the only way that it would work. This is why it is very important as we looked at the introduction that we understand that Jesus was not just a good teacher. Jesus was not just a carpenter that knew a lot of things about God. Jesus was not just a good person, but he was the Son of God because that he was the Son of God is how it was possible that he could live a sinless, spotless life and he could go to the cross 100% perfect, qualified. His blood is able, Brother Lewis, to wash away my sin. And his blood is able to wash away your sin because his blood is perfect and clean and undefiled. That's why he is able. We see in the Lord Jesus Christ his perfect qualification. The Lamb of God was spotless. He was sinless. Because of that, his blood can be applied to pay the penalty 
of someone else. And because he came and purchased our redemption, it is his desire that all men might come to him for salvation. The word of God is full of invitation for man to accept what Christ did for us. You see, man has a problem. It's called sin. And because of that sin, we are condemned. God made a plan. I'll redeem man. I'll send someone to make a way. And the person that he sent is none other than the Son of God who is perfectly qualified to take away the sin of man. And now that Jesus has bled and suffered and died, his call is that all will come to him. I want to close this message by looking at his supplication. We've seen his introduction. We've seen his destination. We've seen his qualification. But now we want to look at his supplication. What is it that he desires of me? What is it that he's begging all mankind? It's these words, come unto me. Come unto me. In Isaiah 45 and verse number 22, the Bible says, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. In Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 28, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We spoke of this verse a little bit ago, but in John 3, verse 14 and 15, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You say, Pastor John, why do you exalt the Savior? Pastor John, why have you spent an entire month preaching about the salvation of mankind? Why do you proclaim the Savior? Why, am I, why are you constantly lifting Him up and proclaiming Him? I'll tell you why. Because He is the way of salvation. He is the one who can deliver from sin. He is the one who can undo the condemnation that you are under. He is the one who can and provide a way of escape. You know what? It saddens me to think of how many people are sitting and listening to this message, either here in person or online, who have never understood whether or not they have truly accepted the Lord as their Savior. There are people listening to this message who are unsure if they are on their way to heaven. There are people who are listening to this message who are unsure if their eternity is settled. And so I stand and I proclaim that Jesus is the only way of salvation. You may ask yourself, I just don't know if I'm good enough. Let me tell you, you're not. You may say, I just don't know if I've done everything that I need to do. Let me tell you, you haven't because there is not enough good that you can do. There's not enough things that you can check off. The only way that you can secure and guarantee an eternity in heaven is by putting your faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way of redemption. Why do I preach and preach and preach about this? Because He is the way of salvation. You know, I believe it is sad that many people are interested in Jesus. Many people like to learn of Jesus. 
But there are many who have never accepted Jesus as their Savior. He is the way of salvation. Many have tried to earn salvation other ways. Many have tried to excuse that nagging in their heart that says you've not made peace with God. They try to excuse it. Many have tried to push it in the back of their mind hoping that it'll go away. Many put on a good front uh, that I'm okay, but when they're alone and in the, their own thoughts without their smartphone or their television or something else to distract them, uh, they begin to think about the fact that they do not know uh, if they are right with God. So we stand here this morning and we proclaim to you the most important thing that you can ever do is accept the salvation that is offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. It is your only hope. It is the only way. It is the only answer. He is our way of salvation. This morning, His supplication to you, the message that Christ has for you is this. Come unto me. He is begging you. He is pleading with you not to turn Him away. He's asking you, turn to Him today. Put your trust in Him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In John 10, 9 and 10, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Verse 10, He said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In Isaiah 53, the passage we read at the beginning of the service, the Bible says in verse 5 and 6, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace is upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. This morning, Jesus gave himself to be your sacrifice. He paid your penalty. He took your place. He has provided a way of salvation, and he is able to deliver you. The question is, have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm telling you this message ought to make your heart rejoice that there was no other way but He made a way. And because of Him, I am guaranteed an eternity in heaven. It ought to make your heart rejoice. But if you're here this morning and you're unsure if you know Christ or maybe you know for sure that you don't know Christ, let me tell you this morning, there is nothing better that you can do than to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask each of you to stand there where you are. Miss Debbie makes her way to the piano. I'm going to ask you this morning, if the Lord spoke to your heart, if you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior, would you come to this altar and allow us to take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure that you've made peace with God and that your eternity is settled in heaven. If you're here this morning and you know the Lord, let me ask you this morning, as Miss Debbie plays, would you pray?
Would you pray that God would work in the hearts of those who have never put their trust in Him? Would you pray that God would take His Word, not what I've said, but the truth of His Word, and work in the hearts of those who have never believed on Him? As Miss Debbie plays, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you come.